Okay. Um, we're here for Fiction Old and New. Today is July 14th, 2015, and we're discussing uh, Patricia O'Brien's book, Harriet and Isabella. I'm going to just uh, give you a little information about Patricia O'Brien. Um, Patricia O'Brien has had quite a varied career. She graduated from the University of Oregon in 1966. She first worked for the South Bend Tribune and then moved to the Chicago Sun-Times, where she worked as a reporter, columnist, and editorial writer. From 1976 to 1987, she worked as a political columnist for Knight Rider newspapers in Washington, D.C., covering the White House, Congress, and the 1984 political campaigns of Gary Hart and Geraldine Ferraro. Patricia O'Brien then became the press secretary for Governor Michael Dukakis during his presidential campaign. She's been a commentator for the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation and CBS TV. She's taught journalism courses at the University of Maryland School of Journalism and Northwestern University School of Journalism. She's written both fiction and nonfiction books. Her fiction books include The Lady's Lunch, The Candidate's Wife, Good Intentions, and The Glory Cloak about Louisa May Alcott and Clara Barton working as nurses during the Civil War. With political columnist Ellen Goodman, she co-authored I Know Just What You Mean, The Power of Friendship in Women's Lives. She's also written three novels under the pseudonym Kate Alcott, The Dressmaker, The Daring Ladies of Lowell, and A Touch of Stardust. Patricia O'Brien lives with her husband in Washington, D.C., and they have four adult daughters. And the book that we read for tonight, Harriet and Isabella, was published in 2008. So why don't we um, see what everybody thought of the book? Well, I have to say, I was not sure what I would think of it. Um, But I'm really glad that I read it because... Oh my gosh, there's so many ways this discussion could go. Um, this, uh, wow, I'm glad you, I always, I, thanks for always reading the biography because it's interesting to find out about your author. Um, it's interesting to see how women's suffrage has really, um, I, I'm not sure this is the right word, but dictated history, if you will. Uh, I, I liked it. I liked the book. I actually, there was a lot of education in here. I love history. There was a lot of that. But there was a lot of life's lessons, too. It was a really good book. Well, um, I liked the book a lot also, and I actually worked for four years in Brooklyn Heights, which is where Plymouth uh, Church is located, where uh, Henry Ward Beecher was was the reverend there. So it was very interesting to me because every once in a while they mentioned these street names like Cranberry Street or Hicks Street or Montague Street, and I've actually been on those streets, so I know you know it was very it added another dimension to me. And I really liked, um, as Leela was saying, I really liked all the historical aspects. I mean, of course, we've all heard of Harriet Beecher Stowe, but and I've heard of Henry Ward Beecher, but I didn't really know very much about him. I certainly didn't know anything about Isabella 
um, Beecher Hooker as well. And even the entire family, there were 11 children, and all seven boys actually became ministers. And then the older sister, Catherine, was very involved in the the education movement. And hi, John. Welcome. It's nice nice to have you here. Um, We're just talking about our initial impressions of of the book as well. Um, But it it was really interesting. There were a lot of different aspects to this story, historical aspects and family aspects, and it was it was a good read. Yeah, I obviously like the book, too, for the same reasons you guys have mentioned. I like the history as well as I always like family dynamic type stories. And, um, my overriding question slash theme of the book is, you know, do you owe it to your family to be blindly loyal, even if you think that they might be guilty of something like Tom seemed to have his doubts about Henry. Um, I don't think Harriet did unless she was just blindly not trying to look for any truth. Cause I thought he was guilty, frankly, although everything you read, there's no conclusive proof of that. So what did you think, John? Oh, hello. Am I there? Okay. Uh, I liked the book pretty well. I was not familiar with this story. Of course I knew who Harriet Beecher Stowe was, I really knew very little, if anything, about Henry Ward Beecher, except I'd heard the name. And, of course, Isabella had never heard anything about the trial or the scandal or anything. So I thought I thought it was interesting. Um, I don't know that I have a lot to say about the book. Uh, Isabella really was was caught in some ways because... She got caught in, okay, as you say, do you owe your family loyalty or the, or the truth? But on the other hand, what was Isabella's uh, reason for thinking that her brother was an adulterer? He, I think he probably was, but the only evidence she had was what she got from, from Victoria, who had her own axe to grind and her own agenda. So I, I kind of wondered why she, she did try to get Henry to, to deny it, and he wouldn't. So uh, it, it wasn't like she had any conclusive proof, uh, and, and she didn't really uh, – the whole thing that, that the source of the story was, was Isabella was false. So she really got caught in a, in a no-win situation, and I think maybe she was punished by the family a little more than she deserved to be. Well, it was really interesting, as you were all saying, about the whole idea of – confessing your sins and asking for forgiveness, which is something that we certainly hear a lot of these days. But at that time, apparently that was not something that was, that was done. So I, I think that, that we all think that, yes, Henry Ward Beecher did commit adultery. And when I listen to some podcasts with the author and even some podcasts that I listen to about Henry Ward Beecher himself, um, there's a book that's actually on Bard, which is called The Most Famous Man in America, which is written by an author, Debbie Applegate. And I listened to a podcast with her speaking, and she seems to think that he, he did commit adultery too. But the, the question was, you know, why did Isabella feel so strongly about this? And I think you're right, John. I think she was very influenced by uh, Victoria Woodhull and into thinking that. And her family just had this really strict, um, you know, code that that you must stand by the family no matter what. And probably that's just how it was at that time. So um, one of the 
things that I thought was interesting as well was the women that he was accused of, of committing adultery with, Elizabeth Tilden, she was excommunicated from the church for committing adultery, but Henry continued as, as a preacher. So it was kind of interesting that she, they assumed that she was guilty, but not him. And they kept comparing her to, to Hester Prine in, in, in the Scarlet Letter. So I, I thought that was sort of a, I don't know if it was like, you know, treating women one way and men the other way, but I thought that was kind of interesting. I think it was treating men one way and women another. Uh, and, of course, at that time, that's what they did, which was sad. Um, they had this trial for Henry and didn't even let her prove herself. And then when when... She did say something and retracted it. You know, I've been there. I've been to where I've been honest. And then I've had people um, kind of, well, you know, this was when I was younger, of course. And when you're young, and sometimes, you know, it, it depends on how your personality changes. And... People can really push you into different ways of thinking if you let them. And I really kind of felt sorry for her because I believe, of course, as you do that, yes, he did commit adultery. But I really felt sorry for her because she admitted it. And then, of course, she denied it because she was pushed into denying it. At least that's that was my thought. And you ask about loyalty and family, Sherry. Well... I think I think the truth wins out. I think that and John you said it right. Isabella didn't even say anything. All she did was go to talk to Victoria to find out what was going on. She wanted to get to the bottom of it whereas her sisters and brothers they didn't even want to talk to any oh he's not guilty no matter what. You know, and Isabella, she was the quote unquote radical of the family. And she wanted to find out what was she wanted to be the honest one. She wanted to be, you know, listen to both sides before she. And of course, she was, you know, my brother's not guilty. Why would you say that? She even asked her that. And for Victoria to do that to her, just it ruined Isabella's whole life, and it ruined the family's. Well, I guess it didn't ruin theirs much because really they all hung out together and Isabella was just kind of thrown to the wind, if you will. And that was sad to me. That's where, you know, you want to talk about loyalty. What kind of loyalty is it when you can throw, not listen to your sister one minute and you can throw her to the wind but yet you stick up for your preacher brother. Something's wrong with that picture. Granted, I... You know, it's just only me and my sister. I'm, I don't have a big family, so maybe there's a difference there. I don't know, but, um, yeah. Yeah, I think the proof that they had that sh- sh- he might have been guilty was that Elizabeth initially said he, they had an affair. And she certainly, there was no advantage to her to say that. Look what happened to her as a result. She would have been better keeping her mouth shut. One of the things I wondered in terms of loyalty is Isabella went and visited Victoria when she was in jail. And this was after Victoria had lied about Isabella being the source of the rumor about Henry's affair. And you would, I mean, that certainly shows some loyalty or, or some stupidity. I don't know which. I don't know that I would have gone and visited somebody in jail after they did that to me. 
And it doesn't seem like she was able to convince the family that, hey, I'm not the one that started this rumor, even though I think it's true. You would think they could have, like, if they just would have sat down and talked, they could have come to some consensus on how to deal with this and stay together as a family. Um, Jenny sent Michelle and I an email, and she asked, she said, don't you think that the family could have come to an agreement where Isabella refused or Isabella agreed to stay out of the public limelight in regards to Henry's guilt or innocence, and then the family would just, you know, tolerate her presence or whatever. You just said something about loyalty to the family is the highest duty. Uh, It just flashed in my head. Isn't that the code of the mafia? Well, one of the other characters that I thought was a really interesting character was um, Henry Ward Beecher's wife, Eunice. She was like, I, I didn't know what to make of her in, in the story. She could be very cold, but then she was a very supportive wife to him. And I thought, I, I just, I don't know. She was she was sort of an intriguing character. What, what did you all think of her? Yeah, you're right, John. That is the motto of the mafia. I hadn't thought of that, but that's a really good point. Eunice was an interesting character. I think that's what you asked about Eunice. Um, I could not. could not read her. I could not... I mean, when she found out that uh, Henry was waking up, she was there. And I, I, I think she had her own doubts. And I think she had regrets. Uh, they didn't have a good marriage. Uh, everybody was fond of saying that. But um, I think Eunice had her own demons. And had the book been more about her and less about Isabella, it would have been very interesting to see what the author would have uh, portrayed her more as. But I really, to me, it felt like she was fighting her own demons. Um, But for her, this is what I did not like. For her to have the say of what Isabella couldn't do, whether she could see her brother or not, and none of the family stuck up for her, that was wrong. That was told. I mean, it's been 12 years. Your brother's dying. You couldn't stick up for your sister. You had to stand by your sister-in-law. Okay, whatever. That's not something I would have done, but hey. And as for... um, Going uh, to visit uh, Victoria in jail, Sherry, I don't think I would have done that either. I, You said it right, loyalty, loyalty or stupidity. I don't know which it was, but I don't know why she was loyal to her. That's a question for the ages, I guess. You know, Victoria Woodhull supposedly was a, a very charismatic woman. Um, she was... Uh, the first woman to run for president in the United States. She was the first woman, along with her sister, to have a seat on the New York Stock Exchange. Um, she was married like three different times, and and she she had she led a very very and she was also a spiritualist. She came from a spiritualist family, and she believed in what they called free love, which I think. I wasn't exactly sure what free love. I didn't know if that meant that you could be married and you could have relations outside the marriage um but supposedly she said 
that, you know, you could be with somebody as long as you want to be with them, and then the next day you could be with somebody else. So I think she really, really believed in free love, maybe more than we would even we even think so. But I just thought she almost cast a spell over Isabella, and it must have been hard to be in that family because it was an amazingly accomplished fam- family. You had Catherine Beecher, who was... Uh, you know, a, a pioneer in, in education for women, and then Henry Ward Beecher and Harriet Beecher Stowe, and you know, it was it, it was a tough family, I think, and I think also there was almost an extra burden placed on this family because they were such a public family; everybody knew who they were. So it was it was a difficult kind of situation to to be in. Um, one of the things that I that really stuck out for me it was a little point in the story, but if you remember, um, Harriet had a nanny Anna, and and here and there they would talk about their relationships. And Harriet's son died, and supposedly um, when she wrote Uncle Tom's Cabin, she was able to write about children being taken away from from their parents. Uh, slave children because she had lost her own child but Anna for some reason convinced a photographer because there were all these photographers around because it was a very public family to take a picture of the young son Charlie in his coffin to give to Harriet and I just went I just couldn't even imagine why she would have thought this was a good idea and it just really struck me Did, did you all notice that in the story? I think that was not that unusual back then, and I've even known people that do it now. I, I'm not comfortable with it, but then again, I'm not very visual, so maybe I can't appreciate it. But yeah, that did strike me as kind of creepy, but I guess some people, it means a lot to them. I don't know. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Oh, Victoria really was a pretty colorful person. I think, unfortunately, though, she wasn't very smart about the women's movement had she stuck with focusing on getting the vote instead of free love, which was extremely unpopular at that time, I think it would have done more for the women's movement. I think she detracted from that, and she gave people that were anti-women voting a reason to despise suffrage even more. And I didn't like, whoever asked about Eunice, I didn't like Eunice either. I, I thought she seemed like a cold person, although... Like Leela said, maybe if we knew her life and, and the story of her marriage to Henry, maybe things were pretty difficult and she had a reason to be cold. I'll also add that I didn't really like Harriet that much either. I thought she was a little bit naive and I thought she was too dogmatic and um, I, I didn't expect not to like her. Yeah, I, I I don't know who I actually liked in the story that much, to be honest. I, I think we saw a lot of the the negatives of a lot of the characters, and I, I can't tell you that I really warmed up to, to any of them in particular. Um, what did you all think of that slave auction that Henry Ward Beecher had in, in Plymouth Church in the beginning of the book? That was That was quite an opening. That was interesting. I I still don't know what I think of that. Just for curiosity, do you know who Victoria, sorry, I, 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 if I don't ask this, I'll forget, but I'm curious. Do you know who her, um, oh, what is it called, um, who she was running with and who she was running against, by chance? I actually, I, I think, 
I want to say that her vice presidential candidate was Frederick Douglass, and I think that's actually correct. Um, I don't know who – I mean, I think she was running – she wasn't a Democrat or Republican. I think she was running on sort of an independent ticket, um, and she just seemed like somebody – it was interesting because she did, and also Henry Ward Beecher, both of them seemed to be people who really knew how to get the limelight, who really knew how to get public attention because he did things also, you know, like the slave auction and, and, and other things, I think, to get – public attention and she seemed to really have that that sort of flair as well wow frederick Douglass, that's amazing he was a black abolitionist he was an ex-slave who escaped and became a prominent newspaper editor and abolitionist he actually met abraham lincoln in the white house um one of the first blacks that was probably entertained at the white house entertained in a loose sense in the sense of meeting frederick Douglass is probably one of my heroes i He's an amazing man. He has some autobiographies on Bard. He, he's just an incredible guy. That's really fascinating. Well, so she has a woman and a black, so <laughs> it was not a great chance for that ticket to go very far. You know, when I when I heard he was doing the slave auction, I thought, that, of course, the purpose was to, to sell someone into freedom. I thought maybe he was going to, to actually auction someone off as if, the person was being auctioned as a slave to really drum up the point of what it, what it would be like uh, if it, if I was doing it. I might have just called someone up from the congregation and said, "How much do you bid for this slave?" And you know, do do what they would have done. I thought that was his point to show the how with the cruelties of a slave auction, uh, but it, it really wasn't. It kind of was what he was doing, but it wasn't what he was doing. So it it threw me a little bit. It wasn't. It, he did. He didn't do what I thought he was going to do in that in that uh, sermon or whatever you call it. Yeah, that was kind of interesting. I thought that was kind of the point he was making too, is to shock people and make them feel uncomfortable. At Colonial Williamsburg, they had a slave auction, and it got a lot of negative national press at the time. And they felt it was important to show people just how bad this was and to make people uncomfortable. I thought the same thing you did, John. I was actually waiting for that. And when it turned out differently, I'm like, oh, whoa, okay. What did you guys think of the bracelet? I wish I could... I, I usually try and picture things, but I cannot picture this bracelet. Um, I don't know that I would be able to wear it either. I, I can't blame Harriet. And as for liking anybody, hmm. If I did like anybody, I think it was maybe Tom and I think Isabella. I did not like her radical views. I didn't like the whole um, seance and stuff like that. But... um I think I liked her for her honesty. I like her because she stood up. I liked her because she was willing to look at both sides of the issue instead of just, like you said, blindly seeing one side. I think I liked her. And I liked Tom um, because he seemed to have a gentle spirit, more gentle than any of the others. Yeah, I probably liked Isabella the best out of of all of the characters. I, I definitely think so. And... I think when I finished this book, I mean, the thing that I kept thinking about was the idea of if you sin, of of publicly, you know, stating yes, I've sinned, and and asking asking for forgiveness, and 
It's interesting because, you know, nowadays it's so common that you, you see politicians and, and all other kinds of people, public figures, you know, acknowledging they did this, they did that, and they just assume that if they confess their sin that, that the public will forgive them. Sometimes they do and, and sometimes they don't. But it was such a, a, a radical idea, I guess, at that, that time. You know, I guess particularly for a religious leader, I think it, you know, it would have definitely hurt his, his career if he, if he did it and he confessed it. So, but sometimes I, I guess I get a little tired of, of hearing people <laughs> confessing their sins. And I almost wish that, they, that it wouldn't be so public nowadays. You know, uh, the the whole thing of adultery, that was a big, big issue. Uh, even though they seemed to have a double standard about it, that it was okay for men to do it, but not, I don't know how men, you know, men could do it, but women could, shouldn't. Uh, but that was a big one. I mean, it's, it's part of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not commit adultery. But to me, the biggest sin, uh, from my standpoint, Bigger than that is the, the sin of hypocrisy, which I think he was guilty of, or certainly if he if he was guilty of adultery, he was guilty of hypocrisy. And in a religious leader, that to me is the number one wrong, because they're holding up standards for you to follow, but they're not following those standards, and they're going to jump all over you if you stray from, from the righteous path even though they're doing it themselves. And to me, that is, that's the, the, the worst sin that he committed. Yeah, here, here. I absolutely second that. I think the hypocrisy is much worse than whatever sin you've committed to start with, along maybe unless it's murder or something. I think with Henry, there was a lot of pride going there, and he wasn't going to admit it partly because of pride. And I think nowadays people realize they're probably not going to get away with it because of you know, all the media and every, all, everything that's available to catch people, they're not as likely to get away with it as he was back then. But it's still, I mean, and, and we've talk, mentioned this before, I mean, how hypocritical is it to banish her for committing adultery? Well, if he didn't commit adultery with her, then who did she commit adultery with? I mean, she wasn't accused of committing it with anyone else. And they didn't excommunicate her for lying. So that isn't a very interesting point. Yeah, no, it, it's true. I mean, it, it is really the hypocrisy that, that's really, it, it's difficult to take a lot of times. And it, and it does sort of, you know, I mean, there there's there are questions of privacy, I think, sometimes that are involved. I mean, I don't know how much everybody's entitled to know about. I mean, if you do something wrong, is everybody entitled to, to know about it? And I think it's magnified sometimes when you have public figures because everybody really does does know their business and you know and then people get hurt like the spouses or the children um and it's 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 really kind of a complicated question actually um and another thing that i was thinking about with this book is you know i don't know if i prefer reading historical fiction that has real life characters in it or if i prefer to read about like a real life event but invented characters because I guess when I read about real life characters, it makes me wonder how close is it to the truth, like what's invented and what's not invented. But on the other hand, if you have a historical event, but all the characters are invented, 
I don't know how much is true there. So it's it's kind of interesting. There's there's different types of historical fiction. Good point, Michelle. Um, it's hard to to say which I like too because I was thinking the same thing. Okay, did this how? How close is is fiction, and or how much is fiction, and how much is fact? What is? I guess you we you know you could go look it up if you wanted to. Um, you got so much information on the internet. All you got to do is search it out, and I guess you'll see. But yeah, I I totally understand what you're saying. Um, I was going to say something else, and I forgot. Um, did she have an epilogue at the end where she talked about what was true and what wasn't? It's been a long time since I read this, so I don't remember. And also, I was going to ask you guys what you thought of the reconciliation between Har- Harriet and Isabella. I honestly didn't expect them to reconcile, and I, I liked that. I thought it was well-written, and it was it was nice without being over the top. Yeah, I liked it as well. I, I didn't know what was going to happen, and I think... Harriet was was really distraught that Isabella was not even allowed to attend the funeral. Uh, so I, I think it was an honest uh, reconciliation. I think it was well done, and and that was one of my favorite parts of the book. And I also appreciate. I agree with John, and I also appreciated the fact that what was it, the viewing or whatever, when Eunice wasn't there, and I want to know who Isabella was with. It said Isabella was with another woman. And, but she was disguised, but everybody knew it was her. Um, I, I It didn't say who she was with, but I appreciated the fact that when the guards went to go throw her out, Harriet stepped in front of them, you know, basically, she didn't say it, but basically like saying it, don't, don't even. So I appreciated the fact that she at least got to see her brother. It was sad she didn't get to see him alive, but at least she got to say goodbye in her way. Yeah, I don't remember who she was with either. And I wanted to also say, Leela, when you said that Tom was one of your favorite characters, I, I like Tom too. He did seem to be someone who was willing to um, accept Isabella, even though she, he might have disagreed with her. Okay, I'm going to think I'm going to leave you as a, as a baseball fan. I'm torn between this book discussion and the All-Star game, uh, and I don't think I have anything really to add to the discussion of the book, but I found it interesting, and I think I'm now going to go see what's happening in the game. Well, thanks for dialing in, John. I appreciate it, especially given what a big baseball fan you are. And I did download Black River, so I'll be reading it, and uh, we'll see if we can plan it sometime in the near future. Yeah, I I think it's really a profound book. There's been quite a discussion uh, on the book list, as you know, with with some thoughts from Miriam, who didn't didn't like the book all that well, or had some some different views on it. But I, I think it's a book that would lend itself to a a pretty lively discussion, so see what you guys think. Well, have fun watching the All-Star Game, John. You'll be watching it with my husband. That's too funny. Okay, see ya. Well, I guess we're we're coming to the end of the, the discussion, and thank you, Leela, for, for coming. I know it's, it's, it's a busy time for you with a new job, and we really, we, we love having you, so as much as you can come, we be happy to, to have you come. Um, in August, we're going to be reading a science fiction book um, called The Bees by Laleen Paul, which Laleen is L-A-L-I-N-E, and Paul is P-A-U, and then there's two L's, 
and it's uh, DB80129, and it's a, I don't read a lot of science fiction, so I'll be really curious um, what, what Leela and Sherry, what you both think about the book, because I know you both really enjoy science fiction, and um, I really liked it. Um, it's kind of, it's a little science-y. So I, I guess there's different genres of science fiction, and there's definitely science in the, in this book. Um, it's one, like a lot of awards, it's been nominated. It's gotten a lot of acclaim. So, um, you know, hopefully you, you guys will like it. And, um, you know, continued success with your job, Leela. I'm really happy to hear that, it, that it's working out so well. Well, I've already started this book, and it's great. I'm reading it on Bard. I don't know if it's on Bookshare, but uh, I'm reading it on Bard, and the narrator is just great. She really, narrators to me either make or break a book. They really, really do. That's just my opinion. And this narrator is just great. Yeah, she really is good, actually. she. I think she, you know, you inhabit this kind of world, and um, it's... You know, there's a lot going on in this story, so I have a feeling I'm going to end up reading the book. Sometimes I read books more than once because I don't always get everything the first time, but I, I really like it, and, and I think it's a really interesting um, and book. And maybe even some of the people in the sci-fi book, I know usually they don't join us, but they might like like to join us for this book. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. But thank you so much, Lula, for coming. And um, we're really, it's, it's really nice. I, I don't, you know, it's, it's a pleasure having you. And I hope you'll, you'll be able to fit us in, you know, as much as possible. I totally second that. Well, thank you. And um, I guess I'll wish you guys a good night. And uh, I'm getting tired. And what do I do when I get tired? I go read. <laughs> so it's more bees for you, huh? I think I'll send, um, since Michelle just gave me this idea, I think I'll send out the bees to our sci-fi list, too, just in case they aren't on DB Review. I think that's a great idea. I do, I do. Because, um, yes, I think it's a, a book for a suggestion, definitely, Sherry. Even if you and I have already read it, doesn't mean everybody else has well, I bet Mary Emerson's already read. Probably. That's too funny. It's a really good book so far. It's one of those books that I don't want to put down. So I can tell it's good. I like it. Anyway, take care, guys. Okay, goodbye. And goodbye, Michelle. Thanks for that bio. That was really, really interesting. Okay, well, Leela, Leela's left. And, um, you know, I think, it, I think it went fine, actually. I really, I think it was, it was fine. So... You know, I think we covered pretty much what what there is to cover. I mean, so you know, it, it, I think it, I think it went well. Yeah, I enjoyed the discussion. I think had we had more people, there would have been more opinions on some of the topics we raised. But I think we covered a lot of ground. Well, if you send out a thing to the sci-fi group, I would just maybe mention to them that this is not typical of what we we read or. Should it be better just not to, to say that at all, just mention the book we're reading and let them decide? Well, I think I'll put something at the top, like, to the effect of this month we're reading a sci-fi book, so I thought I'd make sure you guys saw something like that. Okay, that sounds good. So anyway, I'll, I'll sign off, and um, I, I'll talk to you when you get back. I hope you have a wonderful time. Okay, thanks a lot, Michelle. Talk to you later.